just as we're finding our seats, my name is Matt, Matt Beanie. I'm one of the pastors here, King's Church Hastings. I've been here since 1991. I became a Christian in 1991. I was talking to some friends yesterday. Did you realise that's nearly, what is that, 19 years? I can't believe it. I've been a Christian 19 years. And uh, I remember when I became a Christian, everything seemed so new and so... Uh, the, the transformation is incredible. And I was just so... It's so moving to hear Mick and Lynn and the Faustina and others. They were on the Alpha course that um, I was leading just last term. And it's just such a, a privilege to see them, these guys getting baptised. It really is. I remember meeting Lynn, uh, Mick and Lynn for the first time. And, you know, when you first talk to them, it's... You know, anybody coming on Alpha, they don't know what they believe, they're asking questions, they're not quite sure. And you see like a, a transformation, an evolution, if you like, that goes on through the course. Until at the end, they're prepared to stand here and say, I believe in Jesus, the Son of God, died for my sins, rose again. And I remember I did that in 1991. It's incredible. And uh, I tell you now, I can honestly say, I would not change it at all. I really, it's, it's an immense privilege to know Jesus and I'm so pleased that I made that decision and I know you guys that have been baptised today won't ever regret giving your life to Jesus. It's the best thing you will ever do. For visitors here, you're very welcome, you've already been welcomed, um, but I'll just draw your attention to this yellow slip in your update couple of events there, Andrew Wilson and what we call in third day, which is our Easter celebration. So if you would like to come along to a couple of events, obviously we meet every Sunday and you'll be very welcome to come, but um, there are two particular events that we've put in the update to draw your attention to. I'm going to pray before we begin. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Thank you so much that you transform lives. And in in our day and age, you are changing lives around the world and in Hastings. I thank you, Lord. You are the hope of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the living water. You are the bread of heaven. You are You are everything. You are the good shepherd, as Faustina said. You meet our needs so well, Lord Jesus. Please would you come now by your Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us today as I bring your word. We so need you, Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to be speaking on the subject of changed, not rearranged. Changed, not rearranged. I don't know if you've ever rearranged the furniture at home. Yes, you get... Oh, I think it would look... Men in, you know, men in the audience, your wife feels, or, you know, it's time for a change. So you spend the day moving things around, rearranging the furniture. I remember when I was a child, I used to spend all my time changing my bedroom around. I don't know if you ever do that. Some of you young people. I used to spend all my time rearranging the furniture. And I think sometimes when we talk about being a Christian or religious, we can think about rearranging the furniture. I'm going to now try to be a better person and live a better life. Rearranging things. But I want to say, 
And you, you, I hope you got the flavour from the from some of the words of the songs, which are so well chosen. That to be a Christian is to be changed, changed on the inside, to be changed, transformed. And I'm going to turn. To, it's going to come up behind you, but I'm going to read from the Bible. A verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21, it'll come up so you can follow it with me, that talks about this transformation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation. Or new creature, it could be. He's a com- he, she is a completely new kind of person. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's what these people are declaring today in baptism. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm a new creature. And it says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself. I'll just elaborate on a few words as we go through. The idea of reconciliation is when, I don't know if you've ever had a fight with someone, or you've ever had a tiff, you ever had a tiff? Yeah? Ever, ever felt, that person's really winding me up at work? Ever felt that? No. You lot don't feel those sorts of things. It's just me, isn't it? Well, I personally have had lots of tiffs, been wound up, uh, you know, pulling my hair out over other people. <laughs> you know, other people. So that's the problem, it's other people. But reconciliation is when those relationships are brought back together. Peace. Yeah? Peace. So, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. There was a broken relationship with God, now it's been fixed. Through Jesus Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So what I'm doing this morning is speaking to you about how you, all of us, can be reconciled to God. And that's the ministry that we're doing now. And God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. We've all sinned. A sin, what's a sin? A sin is to fall short of God's standards. We've all sinned. I know I certainly have sinned. We've all sinned. But somehow... Now, God is not counting our sins against us and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Like you might say to, I used to be a school teacher. Believe it or not, children at school sometimes fall out. They do sometimes. And you'll get the two together and you would say, come on, be reconciled. And that's what I'm saying to us this morning and to you. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ, who had no sin, he didn't fall short of God's standards. On the cross, my sin, 
All the wrong things I had done were placed upon him. Do you understand? He had no sin, yet he became sin for me. And that crucifixion was Jesus taking the punishment for the world, for our sins, for my sins, your sins. And by faith in him, by that confession, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, I believe he died for my sins, I believe he rose again. By just confessing those things and believing it, obviously, in the heart, believing it, you can have your sins taken away in Jesus. It's an amazing message. It's called the gospel. It's good news for everyone. So becoming a Christian is a radical thing. It's a radical transformation. It's a revolution. It's a change of view. It's a change of nature. It's a change of nature. It's to change your whole view of your identity because your identity has changed. I'm a British citizen. That's my identity. If I move to another nation and I'm allowed, they should allow me to become a citizen, my citizenship would have changed. I have changed. I have been transformed transformed and transferred to another kingdom and another political sphere. They are, they are transformed. And when you become a Christian, you are transformed. It's a new nature, a new way of thinking. Everything has changed. Christians are not trying to be different. They are different. What, what you will, if you speak to those people who've just been baptised, I guarantee you, because I know them, they will say, my life has changed. Not just that I'm happier, although I think they were. I think I got the sense that they were happier, right? Not just that they were happier, but their life has changed and that the things they used to do, they no longer want to do. The things that they used to get pleasure in, you heard Mick, didn't you? His, what he was saying about drinking and, and his lifestyle, well, he no longer wants to do that. Matt Beanie, that's me, didn't say to him, now Mick, you better sort it out. I didn't say that to him. He came to me and said, I want to follow Jesus. And those things, his appetites changed. He was transformed by believing in Jesus. Do you get that? Becoming a Christian is to become a new creation. I don't know what you thought being a Christian was when you came in this building. But the Bible says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. It's a new day. It's a new day. Everything has changed. The old has gone. The new has come. So my first point is this. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ. In Christ. So this is, this, if anyone, firstly I want to say this is an invitation to you and to anyone. No one is too good. No one is too good for Jesus. Everyone has made mistakes. No one is too good and no one is too bad. If anyone. It's an invitation to you this morning. Jesus said this, If 
anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. If anyone is thirsty, and I think there's a lot of thirst, isn't there, in our nation? Do you not think? There's a lot of thirst. Why are we here? What's the purpose of life? What is after the grave? Life is difficult. Life can be good. But is there a purpose to it? Are you thirsty this morning? I know before I became a Christian, I was thirsty. And I don't, we're not talking physically, are we? We're talking, we're talking internally. I, I, I was thirsty. I, I didn't know what it is. And I think the world can present to us many solutions to our thirst. Do another degree. Get a promotion. If I had this, then my thirst would go away. In the past, they used to talk about if we got the vote. If we had decent hospitals. We've now got decent hospitals. If we had education. We have education. Our standards, standards of living are higher than they have ever been. But you know what? People are still looking for answers, aren't they? Aren't they? They are still looking for solutions. And, and politics, I sometimes have to turn the radio off, believe it or not. I turn on the radio and, and we've got the, um, you know, the elections coming up. Time for change. As if politics, and I'm not knocking that politics is very, very important. I want to honour politicians. But I do not believe that politics or sorting out, uh, tinkering with the political system is going to answer our deepest needs and deepest longings to understand why we're here. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, says Jesus. A deep thirst for meaning, for reason. And when you come to him, his presence comes into your life, you are transformed. And I can say now, I have a sense of purpose, I have a sense of dignity, and I know the love of God every day in my life. And everybody needs it. Everybody's searching. It's an invitation for everyone. If anyone is in Christ, what is it to be in Christ? What you are in affects you. What you are in affects you. If you fall into a river, the torrents, the, 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 the currents, the force will affect you and carry you. I remember being in the sea and a massive wave bashing over me. Have you ever been in that position? And you go like spinning around in the water. You think, am I going to get out of this? What you are in affects you. If you are in a plane, a Boeing 747, do you know what? You can, you can fly. You know what? You can. Can you fly? In a Boeing 747. Yes, we can all fly. And do you know how fast you can fly? 567 miles per hour. You are amazing people. You can fly. You can fly to America. See, amazing. You used to have to go in a boat. And probably perish. Like the word perish. A perish fits a boat. 
But now you can fit in a plane. 747, 567 miles per hour. You can do it. What you're in affects you. If you get in a space shuttle, I would love to get in a space shuttle. Oh, wouldn't you love to go in a space shuttle? All right. Some of you would like to go in a space shuttle. Do you know how fast you'll go? 17,500 miles per hour. Woohoo! That's fast. If you're going to leave this atmosphere, if you're going to leave this, this planet, you've got to be in something pretty powerful. Okay? You've got to be in something pretty powerful. If you are going to make it to heaven, you've got to be in something pretty powerful. And that, that person is Jesus. Do you know what? If you're in the earth, which we all are now, do you know how fast you're going? 1,038 miles per hour. Do you realise that? Sitting here right now, doing nothing. None of you are puffed out. None of you, are you? You're, none of you. you're all sitting here, resting it seems, but you are going 1,038 miles per hour. If you are in the womb... In the womb, what you are in affects you. I remember, my, you know, my children before they were born. I remember, I'm quite squirmish, squeamish, squeamish, and squirmish. Yeah, and I remember that sort of you know they say, oh, it's the knee moving, or it's the elbow moving, and I go, I can't touch it. I might, I might, you know, I might break something. So, you know, what they're in affects them. Wherever the mother goes, the baby goes. What they, you know, if you eat curry, I'm told the curry, the child gets some curry in some form or another. Roller coasters. I remember taking Samuel to, we had the privilege of going to Disneyland Paris. We got a cheap deal. Went with some friends from the church here. And he was, you know those sort of things, I say, you've got to be this height. And he was just about right. And I remember thinking, let's go for it, boy. And it was this thing called Rocky Roller Coaster, or Rock and Roll Roller Coaster. And if you think our volume is loud here, you should go on that thing. And, it, and you sit on the thing and you accelerate from 0 to 60 in like three seconds. You go, and we sat there thinking, okay, Samuel, we're going to be great. It's going to be great. Man, you know, men together. And we went, and I went, I could not believe it. And I thought to myself, what have I done? I thought my son's going to be scarred for life. And initially I heard this sort of, I heard this sort of, sort of noise next to me. And I put my hand on his knee going, it's going to be fine, I hope. <laughs> and we got, we got round the thing and it was playing, walk this way, you know, you're flying through this thing. And you come out the other side and Samuel says to me, can we go on it again? Yeah. What you're in affects you. And what it says, to, what I'm saying today is, if you are in Christ, and I'm not, it's a mystery, right? If you are in him, you are a new creation. You become a new creation. You become new to be in him. Jesus lived a perfect life without sin. Jesus suffered and died as a criminal, although he was innocent. Jesus rose from death after three days, overcoming death. To be in Christ is to have gone through all those things. 
You get it? You're in him. You've gone through those things. In him, you have died. In him, you've died for your sins. In him, you have risen again. He is your substitute and your saviour. In him. And we can read in another book of the Bible called Romans. Don't you know? And the word baptize, baptize, as, as, as San said earlier, is to be plunged, to be immersed into. So when you hear that word baptize, think about plunge and immerse. Don't you know, all of us who were baptized into, in Christ, were baptized into his death. So, so a Christian has died. You were therefore buried with him through baptism. Not through doing that, but through spiritual baptism, you understand. In order that death, in order that, sorry, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. New life. Resurrection life. So if you think any of those things, being in a roller coaster, being in a shuttle, being on the earth, if you think any of those things are um, effective by being in them, I just want to say to you that none of them come close to being in Jesus, where you are made a new creation. That's something fundamentally different. This isn't just getting your adrenaline going. This isn't just exciting you for a few minutes. This is transforming you. This is a ride worth taking. And it takes you to heaven. Takes you to heaven. Takes you to glory. Takes you to be with him forever. He died, you died. He rose, you rose. He lives for God, you now live for God. So get on board. Jesus, that's what it is to be in Christ. Therefore, he is a new creation. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. First, second and final point. New creation. It's a radical thing. A radical thing. I can't remember when I was reading it or listening to it just the other day, but apparently, I never knew this, you probably know this, there was an, a volcano explosion in 1815 that was one of the biggest explosions that has, that has ever been known. I'm just paraphrasing it. But apparently, for decades from that time on, for decades, the, the weather and the climate was affected. They said in 1815 that summer never came because of this, the volcanic ash. Such a powerful explosion. Power in nature. Power. I wonder what it would sound like to hear that kind of explosion. What would it sound like? I wonder what the, 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 the feeling would be. That, that kind of explosion. But I want to say that the transformation, the explosion, the power of Jesus is incredible. Natural creation is an awesome thing. But new creation is also an awesome thing. Let me read you something. I was reading a book... What's his name? Bill Bryson. Short history of nearly everything. Okay? I think he's an atheist. Sounds like it from the book. Let me read, let me read you about natural creation, shall I? It starts, you start with a single cell. The first cell splits to become two, and two become four, and so on. After just 47 doublings... Oh, how many? Oh, 
How many is that going to be? Oh, I wonder what 47 doublings sounds like. You have 10,000 trillion cells. You do the maths if you want. I haven't. In your body, and you are ready to spring forth as a human being. Natural creation. Every one of those cells knows exactly what to do to preserve and nurture you from the moment of conception to your last breath. You have no secrets from yourselves. They know far more about you than you do. Each one carries a copy of the complete genetic code. If this goes over your head, right, which, which it does over mine, just let it, just think, man, this sounds complicated and it must be complicated. Natural creation is complicated, okay? Each one then carries a copy of the complete genetic code, which is the instruction manual to make your body. Right? So it knows how to do not only its own job, a cell, right? Not only its own job, but every other job in your body too. Never in your life will you have to remind your cells to do their job. They'll keep just doing their job. Every cell in nature is a thing of wonder. Even the simplest... And this is funny coming from an atheist, or, or whatever he is, but he does, certainly doesn't talk about God. Even the simplest are far beyond the limits of human ingenuity. So, whatever you might think, human beings have never created one cell. Okay? Not a single cell. Not, they have never created life in any shape or form. They're working hard at it, but they haven't done it yet. To build the most basic cell, for example, you would have to, and this is amazing, you would have to miniaturise, make small, about the same number of components as are found in a Boeing 777. That's a jet airliner. Okay? Miniaturise them all down to fit them into a sphere just five microns. Now, bearing in mind your hair is about 18 microns, okay? That's how small a cell is. A third of your hair. And you'd have to get the components of a Boeing 777 jet airliner, shrink them down into that tiny little ball. And persuade them to reproduce. Now, complexity of life does not prove there is a God. doesn't prove there's a God. But I would say complexity does maybe suggest, possibly, that there maybe is a God. I would say it definitely does. But I wouldn't want to be, you know, I understand that complexity doesn't necessarily prove there's a God. But in most things in life, this microphone here, the complexity of it, which is nothing compared to a Boeing 777, suggests that possibly somebody made it. And I would suggest the same about life as well. Within each cell is your DNA, which are the instructions on how to make you. DNA is arranged into strands of code. You have a lot of this inside you. Nearly two metres in every one cell. That little, little five micron thing I said? Two metres of information in that one little dot, squeezed into it. Each length of DNA comprises some 3.2 billion letters of coding. 
It's a lot of typing. Over two metres, 3.2 billion. Okay? If all your DNA were woven together into a single fine strand, there would be enough, I'll just cut to the chase, you would have possibly 20 million kilometres of it. Now this is Bill Bryson here saying this. You can read the book, Short History of Nearly Everything. He, he doesn't talk about God. I'm just using it to point to the fact that natural creation is massive and awesome and incredible, isn't it? Isn't it? 20 million kilometres of DNA coding inside your body. Now that sounds like a pretty amazing accident. Doesn't it? It's not an accident. God is good. God is amazing. But I want to say, if natural creation is something incredible, new creation in Jesus is a transformation of the soul by the Spirit. And it's incredible. It changes everything. And I want to say, the good news is not only that our souls and spirits are transformed, but Jesus is coming again, and he will remake your body also. That's the hope of the Christian. Death was never meant to exist, and death will be destroyed when Jesus comes again. So being a Christian is not going to church. Being a Christian is not just believing in God and things about God. As somebody has said, I think even, in the, I don't know, even the devil believes in God. Believing in God doesn't make you a Christian. Trying to be a moral person doesn't make you a Christian. Or just being baptised doesn't make you a Christian. To be a Christian, you've placed your faith in Jesus, that he died for you, he rose for you, you have been set into him, you have died, you have rose, you are a new creature. That's a Christian. A new creation. It's amazing. The old has gone. Let me just bring those two. The new has come. The old you has gone. A new you has come. You heard the stories. If you were to speak to anybody who's become a Christian, the old has gone. Doesn't mean to say we don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean to say that we don't sometimes have our feet in two camps. Doesn't mean to say that we don't sometimes doubt. This life can be challenging. But fundamentally, if you are a Christian, you are a new creation. And I encourage you Christians, if you are a new creation, live what you are. Live what you are, guys. Lay aside. Lay aside all the nonsense. Lay aside all the things that dog you. Lay aside the temptations and live what you are. You know what you want to do, don't you? You want to please God. Do you? Yeah. Do you want to please God? Do you, of course, you, you've got a new heart. You've got a new mind. You want to please God. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to say to you today, you can talk to me. Come and speak to me at the end. If you want to talk more, ask questions. You can sign up for an Alpha course, give me your name. Talk about becoming a Christian, what it is to be a Christian. To be in Christ is to be a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm going to finish there. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you so much.
for your amazing work in our lives. Thank you, you died and you rose. You've done it all. Lord Jesus, thank you that in you we've died and we've risen. Thank you for those who are baptised today. Thank you for those who've given their lives to you today. And I want to pray, Lord, for us here, that we, would, we want to know you more, Lord Jesus. We want to serve you. We want to live for you. Pray for those who don't know you, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them by your Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming. If you are a guest, visitor here today, it'd be great to see you over in the welcome area. Have a chat with you, have a cup of coffee. We can talk about anything that I've said today. Have a good day. Sorry about the weather. Apparently we need the rain, so um, enjoy your day as best you can. And see you guys tonight, the rest of you, at the prayer meeting this evening.